the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Vocal Booth To Go, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 49 of the VO Meter, measuring your voice over progress. We've got a pretty exciting show today. We've got an actual in-person interview in my lovely Lutherville, Maryland studios. We had Rex Anderson, who's a local Baltimore-based talent. We'll talk to him about his recent win at Silvas for his demo that was uh, that was one of our best commercial demo. And then we'll talk to him about the business in general and how he manages to navigate the world of VO from wonderful, charming, or charmed city, Baltimore. Before that, we wanted to do a little bit of bookkeeping and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. So uh, we actually record a lot of our um, just kind of catching up with each other sessions after our interviews, sometimes weeks after our interviews. And so we just wanted to make sure that you guys understood that uh, this interview and some of our upcoming ones were actually happening before the, uh, the sort of the bulk of the COVID crisis that's going on right now. And so we just wanted to say that our hearts go out to all of you and your families who have been affected by this crisis. And if we reference events that were still going on before this thing happened, that's why. So if you're a little bit confused about that, now you know. Yeah, and looking back in previous episodes, you'll probably have a bunch of aha moments where we might have talked about something that was going on and you said to yourself, wait a minute, didn't he already mention that last episode? Or maybe <laughs> maybe you saw me in an event and said, didn't he just talk about getting a haircut? Why is his hair still so bushy? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why, because we've kind of always done it this way, except for the first two or three episodes where we were doing it pretty much as events were happening. Now mm -hmm. we generally talking about our, our current events and things that are happening in our in our VO worlds after the interview has been completed. Yep, because getting those things scheduled is priority number one for real. Speaking of, that's the perfect segue to go into our VO meter reference levels. Voiceover Extra brings you the VO meter reference levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with. Hey, it's your show. All right. Well. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the current um, pandemic going around the world. But the, so things have obviously been turned kind of upside down, especially for anyone who has kids or who usually works in an office. Luckily, things have changed very little for most of us. Uh, we spend most of the time talking to ourselves in tiny little boxes anyway, if, mm -hmm. you have a, if you have a proper home studio set up, which is something we can talk about and how that's more important than ever these days. But honestly, for me, things have really kind of skyrocketed the last couple of weeks. I feel almost guilty talking about it because last week was probably the best week I've had in my career ever. I did mm -hmm. a, a series of public service announcements for the state of Maryland about the COVID-19 virus and how to keep yourself safe. And those are airing on the local Maryland or local public television station, the Maryland Public Television Channel. And I had several companies reach out to me cold. I don't know if it was because I talk about my home studio on my website, but that could have been part of it. Did a couple of explainer videos. I did a documentary for the Military Times, the newspaper that that covers and focuses on military, all branches of it. 
And then I even got signed by a new agency. So last week was absolutely ridiculous in my career. And things are are pretty much the same with the exception of me trying to work around my kids being home. My wife was actually sitting right outside the booth right now, which doesn't normally happen because she's working from home. So the world's been turned upside down. But thankfully, the world of VO, for the most part, for me, has kind of stayed the same. How are are things for you up in Seattle where basically that was the... (laughs) The flashpoint, right? Um, flashpoint in the well, U.S. Well, luckily, I mean, as a lot of people know, there were there were a number of uh, deaths, unfortunately, up in in Seattle, and it does have a lot of uh, over. I think it was over two hundred reported cases uh, last we checked. But um, luckily, no, none of my friends or family have been getting sick, and we've all just been trying to adhere to the uh, the stay at home protocols that Governor Inslee just put in place. But yeah, like you said, it's kind. It's funny, actually. Um, I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I did have a survival gig at a local community center, lifeguarding and teaching water aerobics and stuff like that. That got closed down over two or three weeks ago. But it was really interesting because it was at a time where I was feeling a little overwhelmed between working three jobs and then my brother was coming to visit from Boston and then I had Comic Con and VO Atlanta to to attend and then one by one all of those (laughs) non-VO related The universe cleared your schedule for you. (laughs) It pretty much, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, my brother did still come for a while, but it was a little, it was a pretty stressful vacation for all of us just because we're trying to, like, he was trying to maximize time with the family, and then he's kind of a, uh, let's call him a fixer. <laughs> you know, here's everything that's wrong with your lives, and if you just listen to me, huh, oh you um, can fix that. And then, so, but, I mean, we did have some wonderful talks while he was here, and um, and we did have some wonderful meals, and we all cleaned up the house and disinfected everything together. It was, it was a good bonding experience. And unfortunately, just because we were worried about travel bans, we did cut his, his vacation a few days short just to make sure he could get back to his wife and puppy. So Yeah, you never know uh, where you might end up being stuck. I heard some, some news agencies saying, basically, you need to figure out where you're going to ride this out now before you, mm-hmm. you've been, you're, before you're told you can't leave the location you're in. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I really feel for people who um, who are traveling abroad or working abroad. Like my my brother actually works for um, like sort of an international sister university in in Massachusetts, and so a number of his Japan like they pretty much just closed down, and they're still wondering where like where to go from there. Like they're they're kind of just waiting for the decision from Tokyo on what's going to happen over the next few months, and. Luckily, for for higher education at least, and in many uh, forms of public education even, a lot of them are looking towards web conferencing, uh, Zoom, other ways to get creative and to create lessons in a in a socially distance acceptable way. But going back to VO work, it's just like, hey, I've got all this time now. (laughs) It's just keep thinking of that episode of The Twilight Zone with the guy. Um, who's finally alone with all of his books? There mm. was time now, but yeah, I've just been uh, I've been working on an audiobook project that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks and devoting more time to that, and then just audition, 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 really. And on top of that, we've uh, we've been really trying to like provide more services and stuff through GVAA and figure out how to make that just a resource of, of support and solidarity for our current members and kind of, and we're starting to provide some more free content for non-members too, just to kind of give, like, cause everyone's just scrambling for direction right now, right? I mean, we have no, and nobody has answers, but a lot of us do have a lot of wonderful ideas on how to stay productive, creative, insane during these crazy, crazy times. And so 
we actually did what we called our COVID fireside chat yesterday. And, um, and it was just an hour and a half. We, we had about 20 people there. Um, and we even put the recording up for people who want to view it in our uh, GVA community group, if anyone's interested. But it was really wonderful to hear. And I know like one of our members who's an avid audiobook narrator was actually talking about how he's busier than ever as well. Uh, just reminded me when, when you were talking about your work, it's it's a like because people are bored. They need that kind of entertainment. And he's saying that some publishers are even willing to raise their rates for him in order to get him to produce more quickly. So it's. I think now is a great time to talk about how this industry is affected and how, for lack of a better term, we can humanely take advantage of it, right? Because we, we don't want to be like disaster capitalists and like fleece people. Or hoard toilet paper and sell it on Amazon. But still, there are, I mean, our business is in high demand right now. And so, like, I mean, I, I get a little upset when I see people offering services for free or at discounted rates. And we talked about this at the the fireside chat as well. It's just there's no reason to, unless you have like say an up like a longstanding relationship with a with a past client and they're really hurting right now, um, then maybe you can consider giving them either like a delayed payments or setting it up in writing that these are just temporary conditions that you're offering discounts or what have you. But really, every time that you're positioned with that, it should really be a case-by-case thing, you know? And I see some VOs who are just kind of, who are offering a lot of like free explainer videos and that they've produced themselves. And on the one hand, people are like, oh, you're just giving it away. But I'm like, dude, that's really good marketing. (laughs) Yeah, Um, brings up a good point about marketing. I had some discussions with some people a couple of days ago about and there's some Facebook posts about this too, but I had some private discussions with uh, Stephen George most recently, who's been on the podcast, friend of the show, and we were mm-hmm. talking about whether or not this is a good time to market, and whether you can really come off sounding like a jerk and insensitive if you're if you're trying to market to companies new uh, and pretend that business is as usual. So exactly, what, what we came up with was really together a way to market to companies that are Source Connect members and reach mm-hmm. out to them in a way that was sensitive to the situation, but also provide uh, information about how we can help them. So he and I mm-hmm. both drafted these emails that described how this time, in, in this current climate, it's more important never, than ever to have quality audio in a quality studio that you can rely on. And that was really all I said in my email. And he you know, listed my website and Source Connect username. And I started reaching out to some of these companies, and the response is overwhelmingly positive. Almost everyone had got, has gotten back to me and said, thanks so much. We're definitely interested. Great to hear. No negative responses whatsoever. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you frame it towards helping them, like, I mean, it's just like general marketing. And when we're not in a crisis, make it more about them than yourself, how you can help them. And, I mean, a lot of people understand, like, pe- businesses are still trying to get or still trying to work during this time, right? It would be wonderful if we could all just shut down and money just fell from the sky, but that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're right. I think that the key to it is being sensitive to and, and to reading the room and just understanding the tone and pulse of society right now. But like you said, people like businesses are trying to modify their commercials to talk about new services that they might be offering, how they're modifying their services during this crisis. People are changing their phone systems. Um, yeah, I did a phone like system on, update last week for a previous client I hadn't heard from in three years, but they needed a COVID-specific exactly. 
related IVR, and they came back to me. So kind of going back on is this a good time to market or not, it's, I think it's much better, and this is what we talked about at the, the chat yesterday too, I think this is a wonderful time for established talent, but I think it's a difficult time for establishing talent because maybe agents ro- or agency rosters might be a little trepidatious about having untested talent and like solicit them. And they might just be trying to milk their current rosters and encouraging them to get remote directing capabilities like Source Connect and stuff like that. And I admit, if you already don't really have a lot of money to invest in this business, now is not the best time to go into debt getting a, like a professional quality studio and spending a whole bunch on a website and marketing and all that other stuff. But it's still a wonderful time to train, right? And to kind of think of inexpensive or um, or even free resources on how to improve your craft that way. I mean, you've got voiceover extra, you've got, you've got web show, like you've got our podcast, for example, like, and you've got a numerous other podcasts that you can listen to as well. On that note, I'd like to thank some of the free resources and paid resources that I've used over the years that helped me get to the point where I was an established talent and knew how to use the tools that I have, because I've been seeing lots of talent putting up really basic questions about how to use Source Connect. What is Source Connect? How do I set up a home studio? Mm-hmm. Things that you and I took the time to do years ago. But I really want to give a shout out to George Whittem, Dan Leonard at VOBS, uh, VoiceOver Extra, uh, JMC with some of the free resources he's done over the years because those those resources, actually Dan Friedman too in his early earlier videos I used to watch, completely set me up for success in this current environment because I know how to use Source Connect. My studio's been set up and professional for years. And again, I feel kind of kind of bittersweet about reaping the rewards, but that's why, because of all the preparation I did over the years, now I am able to reap those rewards. So if you are new, like Sean was saying, you got to be a little bit careful about putting yourself out there and saying, I have a professional studio. If you don't, I saw mm-hmm. just today a Facebook post where somebody was saying sessions they were in, they were hearing complaints from producers about other talent fumbling through Source Connect sessions and screwing it up, basically, because they had no idea what they were doing. And that's the thing, is it's like, again, there is, and you know how I feel about wisdom by committee, but there is none. Anyways, and that's the thing, is like so many people are asking about Source Connect, but no one is going to the website <laughs> and talking to a Source Element staff for support. Well, like, I will say they are they are slammed. I, 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 I understand with that, too, week. and people should be patient. I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I've been having some issues, too, because even though I'm a monthly subscriber, I haven't used it in a while. And so, and, and I think, actually, it was kind of set up on my old computer, and I kind of just, like, did a, or what is it called, like, kind of a system restore onto a new one, or a transfer onto a new computer, and so now it's not working like it should. Mm. It's not recognizing my licenses. So I'm going to have to kind of bite the bullet and just make a ticket with them. And they're booked until the beginning of April. So be patient. And if you need more immediate answers, you might be able to use the Source Elements uh, community chat where it's a combination of Source element staff and talent who are proficient with it. So it's if you don't mind having it be a little bit more of a chat forum, then you might be able to get your questions answered. But of course, if you have like a super specific issue like me, eh, you probably need a support ticket. You're, and you're probably going to either wait a week or two to get a session in, or you're probably going to have to spend hours on a phone. 
that's just the situation we're in. Like many things, we kind of just have to accept that. And, and another thing, too, is like a lot of these people who are requesting Source Connect or like help with Source Connect might not even need it. You know, there's certain things like there are other options for uh, remote direction, right? And there's so many and some of them are free. And there's really only a couple of things that Source Connect can do that those options can't. And that's like, namely, that the client can record you on their end. And it's one of the few ways that you can have um, record and playback, excuse me, uh, playback set up. Also, their replacement feature is quite useful for studios, again, because it has a built-in feature that will allow you to replace packets of information, basically, that are lost along the way if, if it happens in your connection. But you do have to have a very strong connection to begin with to make it work. And exactly. Thing... So making sure that you have the proper protocols in, cl- in place is great. And now is, so like I said, it's a difficult time for establishing talent. And it's even more so for people who are going, like I've seen a lot of people who've spent less than $100 on their setup and they're expecting to get paid work. And I'm like, guys, like I really feel like, I mean, granted, audio gear is of a certain quality now that you can get by with less. But... I honestly feel that not accounting for a computer and your acoustically treated space, whatever that looks like to you, you're still looking at a two or $300 investment on a decent, like either a really good USB mic or a mic interface setup. So for people who feel like they can't budget even that much, you're just going to have to wait. And I, I hate to say that, but I mean... You just can't compete with who's already working right now if you're not willing to make that minimal investment. Yeah, absolutely. One other resource I wanted to mention, back to Source Connect, if you are having, you don't really know where to start, George Whittem again, shout out to George, did a free hour-long webinar last night. It was like two hours long. He spent a whole hour just answering questions. Yeah, so it's on georgethe.tech.com is his website, www.georgethe.tech.com. And fabulous resource if you want to learn really all there is to know from soup to nuts about how to get started with Source Connect. And he even has a whole page on basically like every equipment that he recommends for talent who need to get started now. And I believe that is homevostudionow.com. And he should have a link on the, the George the Dot Tech site as well. So big shout out to George. He's been incredibly helpful during this time. And um, and always. just. And, and always, I know if you've never worked with him, he's like he's a great guy to work with. Uh, he helped me out on my. He, he's given me a number of Twisted Wave stacks over the years. Me too. Uh, or processing stacks, and then um, he helped me with my or audiobook mastering setup, and it sounds great. And that's another thing is like, while I disagree with with, with VOs discounting their services, you might notice that a lot of VO service providers are offering discounts. Like I believe GVA, we're actually setting up to do a discounted membership program uh, soon. So people can kind of, who are stuck at home, can take advantage of our like hundreds of hours of recorded content and kind of polish their craft with our workouts. So we've already had a number of new people join us. Like, I mean, the membership has almost doubled because people are stuck at home and they just want something to do. So I would keep an eye out for that. Like granted, not Everyone is offering discounted coaching or like demo production per se, but I know a lot of people are being a lot more flexible with payment plans because they understand that people have finite resources right now. So again, it's all about smart preparation, right? Don't go into debt trying to become a voice talent overnight, but there are ways that you can 
buy affordable gear that's either used or refurbished or take advantage of some of these free or inexpensive resources while they're available. Speaking of companies that are discounting their equipment, one of our sponsors, Volkabooth to Go, has a promotion going on. Go to their website, which is volkabooth2go.com, and look up their special COVID-19 discount on their products. So, speaking of Vocalbooth to Go, if you've never heard of them, we're a huge fan of their products. Vocalbooth to Go's patented acoustic blankets are an effective alternative to expensive soundproofing. Often used by vocal and voiceover professionals, engineers, and studios as an affordable soundproofing and absorption solution. We make your environment quieter for less. So, thanks Vocalbooth to Go for offering those discounts during this troubling time, and we hope you guys can take advantage of them as well. And while we're talking about sponsors of the show, we mentioned them earlier, but He's been a great help to us and a great partner for the show. Let's have a word from JMC Demos. Walgreens, because it's flu season. You live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? Prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. So thanks again, JMC. As we mentioned before, he's offering a number of free resources for talent interested in taking advantage of uh, some of the booming areas during this crisis, like e-learning and medical technical narration. But anyways, time to get to our interview with Baltimore talent and SOVAS winner, Rex Anderson. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. All right, everybody, welcome to the interview portion of the VO Meter. This time, a special special event in person. Our guest is actually sitting right in front of me in my lovely bucolic studio in Lutherville, Maryland. We're welcoming today Rex Anderson to the show. Hi, how y'all doing? Now, Rex grew up in self-described the woods of Newmarket, Maryland. Um, if you've ever seen the movie The Blair Witch Project, that sort of part of the state right near the border of West Virginia where... It can, it can be a little little backwoodsy. If, oh, if yeah. I've been out there myself. And uh, actually, our sponsor, Vocal Booth To Go, is just just past where Rex is from in yes. Frederick. 
He is. He's actually right down the street from where uh, my, my parents still live. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Rex uh, grew up idolizing cartoons, including The Simpsons that we all know and love, and uh, thought that might be a cool thing to do, but instead went the more traditional route and got a degree in English and writing, to be specific. Hitting corporate America for some time and being pretty miserable, I imagine, decided to look into some some other ways to maybe stretch those acting juices. So in 2013, he did a play with the Baltimore Rock Opera Company, and the acting bug was in full swing. Soon after that, he appeared in some TV shows, film, theater, and podcasts, and now makes a living just down the street from me in the Hamden section of Baltimore. Or is it Remington? Which one? It's Medfield. Medfield. Oh, okay. Baltimore has a million small neighborhoods. Uh, Makes his living in the studio as a full-time voice actor. So, welcome, Rex Anderson. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here in your lovely home. Thank you. It's a it's a small, small but effective space to yeah, work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Feels nice and tight in here. It's nice. It's not as nice outside the whisper room, but we are using the Vomo as I talked about from Boca Booth to go, and it does a good job for situations like this. It does. And it's very visually appealing. <laughs> there's, there's that. Rex, we talked a little bit about your background, um, a story I know well because I spent a long time in corporate America as well, probably a few years longer than you before I finally got the bug to go full time. So tell us how and when you transitioned to full time VO. Uh, well, I had moved back to Baltimore from Denver with my wife uh, in early 2013, late 2012. Uh, it was sort of in a transitionary period. She'd come back for her, um, for her to finish her degree, basically. And I was just sort of up in the air, didn't really know what I was going to be doing. Um, and I'd been in the position a couple times in life. And at that point, I had been researching voiceover at my full-time job on and off for years. And... Figured, you know, that was at the advent of uh, pay-to-plays were, like, in full swing, and, you know, the the, the digital marketplace was, like, really opening up, so it seemed like a good time to just kind of go for broke. I had a couple of years of audio engineering experience under my belt at that point due to an internship in Denver, so I figured I had the chops to at least put a small studio together. Um, like you said, I started working with the Baltimore Rock Opera Society. I, uh, I was in a play called Murder Castle, where I played uh, Detective Frank Geyer. And that kind of gave me the confidence to, uh, you know, dip my toe into it. And so I bought a mic and got a VDC subscription and just kind of went for broke. How was that early success? Because that's my story, too, except mm. probably didn't go as well as it did for you on, on VC. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, luckily, I like within a month or two, I had kind of made back, you know, the investment. And I was like, OK, well, you know. That didn't take very long. Maybe if I just keep doing it, it will uh, get better. And turns out that's pretty much the whole job. Just (laughs) (laughs) showing up every day and asking people and, you know, making connections and just putting yourself out there as much as possible. And, you know, I'd gone through several periods where I was just sending out my resume and making cover letters to jobs I didn't really want. So I was like, well, why don't I just do that for jobs I want all the time? And luckily it's uh, worked out pretty well so far. Makes sense. Brilliant, brilliant advice. So, what exactly, or what kinds of VO do you specialize in, Rex? I specialize in uh, commercials. I do a lot of uh, explainer videos, corporate, industrial stuff. Um, I've got about a dozen video game credits under my belt, and I would love to do more of that. I feel like that's the biggest muscle I don't get to flex as often as I'd like. I'd love to get into animation, but, uh, you know, not being in a major market, that's sort of a long shot and not a terribly realistic way of going. So 
you know, I kind of learned the the ins and outs of, you know, what the digital market generally needs, which is, you know, explainers, corporates, commercials. Um, I've done a few audiobooks, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys heard a million times ROI and is not fantastic. And, you know, it's ends up being more of a labor of love than anything. So mm-hmm. I've gotten, I don't know, I think eight books under my belt now. And Okay. Yeah. So, and then other than that, just, you know, anything that kind of comes across my plate and take a swing at. It's funny how audiobooks work. We, we sort of have, there's sort of two sides of a coin. It seems like you're either in or you're out. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we recently talked to Trey Mosley, mm-hmm. um, talent down in Florida, and he said, nope, uh-uh, can't, can't do it. Don't mm-hmm. have the patience. It's not something I'm interested in. Right. And then I pretty much do all audiobooks now. It's just oh, wow. the way my career sort of trended. Nice. Um, but it does seem like there's a dichotomy there. Where either you love it or you hate it. Yeah, and if you can get in with like a steady source, uh, I'm sure that helps a lot. You know, it's just when you're like hunting for every gig, it's like, do you want to spend, you know, ten hours reading this book and then start? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, about a thirty second thing that pays next week. So, as far as like, you know, when you're getting into marketing and all that, and where your focus is headed, you know, it's 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 got to be like what you really want to do if you want to pursue that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the key also is you mentioned relationship building. That's really what it is in, in all aspects of the business. And wherever you are able to build the best relationships is where you'll end up having your most success. Right. For me, that's audiobooks just because that's where I started. I made those inroads early. I do get a lot of referrals now on repeat business, just right. like you probably do for from studios for commercials and explainer videos. Sure, sure, yeah. And that's I feel like the specialization question, it's like, it kind of ans- it answers itself for you. Like you just kind of put yourself out there and see where the world wants you to be, and that ends up being your specialty, you know, versus like necessarily what you want to be doing. Yeah, Sean, we talked about that a lot. You've had that same experience, haven't you? Yeah, recently uh, I've been getting requests to do more audiobooks, and it was something that I never thought it would happen, really, because I had done some like volunteer stuff in the past. I was like, I know what's involved, but then. Um, you get to a point where you're like, you know what? Why not give it an honest try? And so here we are. <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. So we mentioned audiobooks. Aside from those, or maybe this is the answer to this question, is there any work you, you won't do or you feel you really can't do, either because of your your living situation in, this, in the mm-hmm. Baltimore market or because it's something you physically think you can't do? Uh, anything I won't Ethically, do. too, is another Ethically, way morally, I mean, you know, given what's going on in D.C. right now, as, uh, I'm looking into getting more into politics and doing more political VO, and, you know, I've, uh, I've been wrestling with the issue of whether or not to lean, you know, democratically, which is what I would do personally, or if I'm going to be more pragmatic about it, but I think I, I, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to uh, play for the other team, so to speak. Uh, other than that, I mean, <laughs> I've got smut novels to my name. Uh, it, it's not something I'm not too particularly shy about doing, so uh, I think if I'm willing to cross that bridge, there's not much else that I wouldn't necessarily, uh, I wouldn't just off the cuff say no to. Very good. Rex, we were curious, because you, li- you don't live in a major market just like us. Mm-hmm. How exactly has that affected your career? Well, like I said, I shied away from marketing myself as an animation guy, just on the virtue of not living in L.A. and mm-hmm. just being realistic about what opportunities are nearby or what are what's feasible, really. Um, 
I wrestle with that a little bit with video games as well. A lot of work, a lot of like you know agency notices and things like that. Everything happens in LA, it seems. So even that is like I don't really even have an official video game demo yet because of that. Just because I feel like it's a lot of extra legwork and convincing people that there's talent in places other than LA, and mm-hmm. you know having that fight just to get in the door is is pretty challenging. There are still choices, obviously. There's still plenty to do. Um, I feel like the main job is to, you know, be marketing yourself online anyway. So, uh, you know, without having lived in a major market, it's tough to really say what I'm missing out on. But I'm certainly busy every day. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's plenty to do in pretty much any region if you're willing to, you know, do all the legwork. Have you ever traveled to New York, or have you get those requests from any agents? Uh, have I actually gone to New York yet? I, I always put myself up for it, just because it's a train ride away. You know, I can just hop and go over to Penn Station and be there in four hours. So, um, it's, you know, it's something I'm open to. It hasn't happened yet, and but I have put that out there several times in that, you know, when certain auditions say you need to be in New York, and I'm like, I can be in New York. Yeah, I've done that as well. It, it's it's weird how sometimes the studios care, and sometimes they don't care. It really depends on the client, I guess. Right. We were talking to um, Lotus Productions, which is a pretty well-respected studio in Manhattan a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, they put both of Sean, both Sean and I on their roster and basically said, no, nah, you don't have to be here. It's fine. Nice. We, we respect the home studio. Yeah, and that's always great to hear. Uh, I mean, I still have local studios I work with all the time that I'm still like, hey, I, don't know, I have a home studio. Do I have to drive to D.C.? <laughs> like, well, it's funny. There's a studio you may have worked with here. Um, I guess I won't name them in case they get blistered with with uh, referrals or demos. But they used to be right near you, um, mm-hmm. down on uh, on 34th Street in Hamden, mm-hmm. and they closed up shop. They don't need the studio anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they actually. Yeah, I think he lives out in, in Frederick now. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Westminster, somewhere out. Yeah, and I work, I mean, uh, we work together through uh, Source Connect, so, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so, the way of the future. Indeed. So, let's talk about your recent experience with winning a Voice Arts Award. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. You won Best Commercial Demo? Uh, Yes, Best Commercial Demo. Uh, Uh, Produced by the... um, J. Michael Collins, sorry, I don't want blanking on his name. He's a sponsor of the show. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a cl- uh, creative adjective, and I'm just biffing on it, probably because I'm drinking too much uh, sure, sure. adult beverages. Take <laughs> two, the inimitable. The... That, that's what I was looking for, inimitable. <laughs> there we are. That's actually the word I was trying to pull out of my, my brain. So anyway, J. Michael Collins, producer demo, mm-hmm. sponsor of our show, fabulous demo producer. Tell us about the experience. Oh, fantastic guy, too. I mean, we had a great experience making the demo. Um, I'd actually... Uh, Signed up for his full 10-hour everything VO package, and that got, you know, transmogrified a little bit to where we ended up doing three demos in a shorter period of time, and one of those demos ended up winning the Voice Arts Award, which was totally surreal. It wasn't something I set out to do. It wasn't something I was even told about ahead of time. It just, I was just nominated, and then it happened, and... Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It kind of felt, like, unreal, you know? They're like, come to WB. I'm like, huh? (laughs) And unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the actual uh, ceremony. But um, the video looked very lovely. And J. Michael Collins did a wonderful speech that was uh, very touching. And uh, yeah, it was just like kind of mind-blowing. 
I didn't realize it was a surprise because um, I actually put in the nomination myself because you can't do that oh, yeah. with my J. Michael Collins produced demo. Not that I'm bitter at all. Hey. But <laughs> We're not playing favorites here, man. That's just... Don't kill the messenger. But congratulations! It's, it's, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous honor. You can put on your your resume forever, like a hall yeah, of famer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can finally fill out that box in LinkedIn awards. There you go. <laughs> I can say something now. Well, maybe next year. You'll, I think they're coming back to New York next year. I oh, think. really? They've been bouncing back and forth. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Two years ago, it was in New York. Huh. Last year, it was in LA, and yeah, I think the plan would. is to come back to New York at least a that few would be times. That fantastic. Too. So it was just like, ooh, that's great. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I understand. That's 3,000 miles away. Hmm. Next time. Next time. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. I don't even know how you go about doing something like that. I'm like, how do you even... I can't even find my spots once they've aired. <laughs> it's like, how are you... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, unless it's on like that radio, internet... What is that website? Or iSpot TV. Oh, yeah, iSpot.tv. Like I don't even know if this exists. Honestly, yeah, I don't know if it even went there. Sometimes I'll ask clients, and if, if it was a good experience, they'll generally send it to me and mm -hmm. tell me it's okay to use. Because even if you find it, you want to be careful with putting it on right. your website or social media unless you get permission from the client. So right, right. it's a good reason one to to make sure you have the written permission, and two to look for repeat business because you get a chance to contact the client again and say, "Hey, what right, do you have right. next?" That is true. That is true. Honestly, something I'm not great at. <laughs> probably, <laughs> my my website requires a few revisions, let's say. Uh, there are many videos on there that may not have that permission. Mm. So well, far, no one sued me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of one of those beg, beg uh, forgiveness instead yeah. of ask permission sort of situations. Just I got kind of carried away with, but... Mm -hmm. Moving they forward, they cease and desist. Be like, oh yeah, absolutely. Just, just a nose and okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, so Rex, I mean, you're friends with Paul, and if you know anything about our show, you know we love our gear. Absolutely. So we'd love to hear about your home studio. Ooh. My home studio. Uh, the chain is an, let's see, start with the interface, is a Lynx Aurora 8, 8 a converter. Oh my. <laughs> um, that goes into my Universal Audio LA610 uh, preamp. I also have a, an API knockoff that my, a buddy of mine uses the um, Cappy uh, kits, and he builds them. So I have like an API clone preamp as well as a backup, which sounds almost exactly the same. It's really weird. <laughs> I, I just tested it the other day and I'm like, I can't even tell the difference. Just a slight flatter, more brightness with the 610, but I mean, a client wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I actually did an audition with like half of it was the 610 that I had to switch over to the API. And anyway, those are my two preamps. I got the uh, Sennheiser 416 mic, which I upgraded to just a few months ago after using a C414 for the rest of my career. Uh, something I glommed onto really early on. And I never really did a shootout or anything. And then I was looking at the 416 and I'm like, how good could a shotgun sound next to an LZC? And then I put them next to each other. I'm like, oh, it sounds a lot better. Yeah, that first <laughs> it's, time, it's, it's like butter. <laughs> dude, it's nuts. It's like, I feel like I just like took 10 steps forward and started talking directly into your ear. Like, it's insane, the difference. Not that like the four... It was designed for it. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, right? it's not, but it's, it's just... Eh, it seems like it was made for it. it right. Divine. It's like... It's crazy. I'm like, those designed to be, like, outside works so amazingly well in a treated room for really a nice. baritone voice. And then the room uh, I've been adding to... Uh, uh, my wife and I bought a house a couple of years ago, and I've been just slowly building more and more in my basement. I've got a... 
mass loaded vinyl on the ceiling and around the walls and a couple yeah, I saw extra... you post about that recently. yeah, yeah. So how do you keep that up without it falling down because that's what I have hanging here from the ceiling well, and it's heavy it's really heavy first you get uh, a case of beer and two friends <laughs> and then you find out that if you try to screw in a four foot by ten foot slab it will fall down right, right. Uh, so after pulled you know, out some drywall too yeah. <laughs> yeah after a little three stooges sketch we cut them all in half <laughs> And now I have six pieces on the ceiling, not three. Uh, and yeah, it's tons of screws. And eventually, I'm putting drywall on it uh, Sunday. Oh, cool. So it'll be two layers of drywall then, you know, because I left the original drywall on. Because drywall, one by three, MLV, more drywall. And then that'll have some RLX on it to keep everything, you know, flat. And so wait, I know your neighborhood. Do you live in a, one of the traditional row houses? No, no, I'm in a single family okay. home. It's just that, you know, Does it have the, the regular ceilings? Uh, no, it's got a low ceiling, so I'm... My, my Some of the houses in, in, in Rex's neighborhood nearby have were old, like, 19th century ceilings, even lower than seven feet in some cases. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. it's uh, a little bit over six feet. Like, my dad's helping me build it. He's 6'4". He's not going to be able to fit in the room when we're done. So You always cut a hole ceiling. in it for your head. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who lived in Canton, um, another Baltimore neighborhood, and in order to run on the treadmill... He cut a hole just for his face above the drywall, and he would run with his head above the drywall <laughs> and the rest of his body below. That was wild. What a visual. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's the ceiling. Uh, I built uh, all my own 2x4 panels out of Owens Corning 703 and uh, 1x3s, so all the soundproof, or the, you know, the, the shaping, sound absorption panels are all handmade. So, and if you're in my room, you can see, like, that's when I had $10 for material, and that's when I had 100 Because there's one that's nice, and it's, like, polished and sanded and sealed, and it's got a nice, like, color scheme to it. It's, like, um, the same color as my floors that I made. And then the other one is just, like, it's kind of bent. doesn't have a back. It's just got some muslin wrapped around it. But they all work. And so that's all that matters, right? No one mm -hmm. needs to know how the, sausage, how the sausage is made, as Dan Leonard likes to say. Yeah, yeah. They just need it to, uh, to sound good. Absolutely. So yeah, big DIY guy. I like building my own stuff, and so I've always kind of shied away from the whisper room uh, route. I am not handy at all, so that's why I always go prefab because, and sometimes I'll tweak it. Again, usually not myself. So my whisper room, we're sitting outside my whisper room right now for for our listeners who want the visual picture painted. And it started out as a regular four by four from the factory, and then I added or had somebody add drywall to it <laughs> mm -hmm. on the inside, a contractor. So it's basically a double wall now with right. my own drywall around the inside. That's why I was here with the whisper rooms. It's like, I got it, and then I doubled the walls and then slathered it in RLX. I'm like, why don't you just do that with your room? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, in my case, my room is multi-purpose. So right on. I've got a futon here that my mom sleeps on when she's here, oh, and right my on. wife's got a desk in the back for her office. So sure, yeah, sure. it's multi-purpose. That's why I can't do the whole room. Right. It's I just lock myself in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've used these. Uh, Towson University has a ton of these. They have like a whole room of these. Oh, really? And that's, that was like my first experience with it. And 15 minutes into doing this animation, I was like covered in sweat. I was just like, man, I don't think I can. I don't think I could, you know. They must be in one of these. Because that's my, that's my alma mater. They didn't have those when I was there back 25 yeah, yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, fairly new. I think like, I think I put them in. When did I do that? Like about two years ago. It's probably like three, four years ago they did that. And they got the nice ones with like the vents and everything, but it's still like, I mean, I don't know, get a little claustrophobic in them. Yeah, I hear you. So, Sean, I'm going to go off script for a second because it's just something I just thought of. But 
seeing how you're a Maryland native, not mm-hmm. Baltimore, but Maryland, mm-hmm. I notice you don't have much of an accent, thank goodness, for voiceover not. people. Is that something you've had to work to get rid of? Did you did you grow up talking about mm-hmm. going to the ocean and, and having crabs with your horn? No, I didn't really have like much of a Maryland accent. I actually had to like learn how to do a Maryland accent after I moved to Baltimore because I was just like, why do I, why do, why does anyone talk like this? <laughs> what is this? It sounds awful to my ears, and I hate it to death. But it's fun because it's like whenever I have like a character voice that's like, yeah, you want someone like blue collary, like in that you know cartoonish fashion. I'm like, let me hit you with this real quick. What do you think about this? It's like this isn't like a southern thing. It's like on the line. It's it's very unique sounding. But no, I grew up in Frederick. Um I think it's just by virtue of like where I went to school and stuff. There was just, you know, sort of a upper middle class neutral accent sort of uh community that really just didn't have that accent. I moved Thank goodness for you. Yeah. I mean like anywhere else in Maryland you're going to see it everywhere, but yes. like yeah, it's just really not like, I don't know, I guess I just got lucky where I grew up and what I was hearing growing up. And I've always just been very cognizant of stuff like that. I mean, you know, growing up with cartoons and stuff and hearing tons of different accents and stuff, I kind of caught it pretty early on. Like, you know, because my parents have, you know, their own accents and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's always kind of important to me to have that sophisticated, neutral American accent. And I don't know, just how I ended up talking. Well, I'll warn you because I know your 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 child is younger than mine. Mm-hmm. You may start to hear it come out in school because, if, especially if they go to public school, mm-hmm. they may they may get that accent from the surrounding neighborhoods. Right. And you you should listen for the first time they come home and say, "Hey, Dad, I want to go watch the Oreos." Then then you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't watch baseball in this house. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. My uh, my one year old already has like a weird British lean. Oh, really? <laughs> Some of her stuff. She's watching. She just got into Peppa Pig for the oh. first time last week, and then on the playground, she was like ducking her behind stuff and like popping out and going hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Uh, I mean, she already has this very. Her uh, my wife's a coloratura, um, you know, and piano player i'm a guitarist so she's already got these inclinations to play music and has just very just this lilting musical voice already uh, for being i'm mean, she'll she be two in uh march so and obviously i'm gonna be on top of her with stuff like that so i'd be like you know uh, uh i'm willing to train it out of her if it happens but maybe you'll have a budding VO star on your hands. I hope to God I do. It's a great man. way to uh, to make extra money for the, for their for their college education. My my little empire here has done mm-hmm. quite well in the last couple of years. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, and you know, child talent. They don't have competition like we do. Yeah. Just get rid of those child labor laws. So Rex, like myself, we're both younger VO talent. Where do you see the future of the business? Are you worried about AI and tech talk, or taking over? Because it really seems to be a hot topic this year. Oh, uh, yeah, the TTS stuff. Um, no, I'm not. Even if it ends up, you know, human voices becoming more of a boutique thing, then you just have another selling point. Uh, I mean, robots are going to sound like robots for a long time I feel like and it's you know they're making inroads and things like that but I mean I mean we're, we're still using ISDN lines for crying out loud you know what I mean it's like it's gonna take forever for us to die out <laughs> it's just by virtue of inertia so I'm not worried about AI or anything like that and 
I mean, the landscape is unrecognizable from 20 years ago to now. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. I mean, from when I started to now, it's like, suddenly I woke up one day, I'm like, I'm a salesman. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, it really hit me like, oh, that's like all I do. <laughs> that's not what I set out to do. But that's like what it's, that's what it requires now, you know? Um, so am I worried? No. Uh, do I think it's going to change? Absolutely. Uh, probably for the better, ultimately. I mean, they're really only going to take jobs we don't want to do anyway, right? It's not generally how those kinds of things work. It's not like McDonald's is going to start using fake voices. You know what I mean? Like, why would they? There's money to be spent. There's people that need it. And there's more of an... In I, I feel there'd be more of an interest in just keeping, you know, people involved um, rather than just automating something that's as personal as, you know, your branded message. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. And that actually could be a benefit I hadn't really thought about. I spent a lot of my day arguing with buyers on certain websites, freelance sites and places where there's job listings mm -hmm. for usually out of country, people from Bangladesh or Pakistan or mm -hmm. the Philippines. And basically what I do is argue with them about what a reasonable rate is. Mm -hmm. They tell me they want to pay $12 for half an hour of audio. And I tell them how I can't buy a pizza for $12 in, in my town. <laughs> sure. And it's just a, it's a cultural divide that doesn't make any sense. And maybe mm -hmm. that's where the future will be. And it'll save me some time from having those stupid negotiations that I do now. Right. I mean, going Upwork, it's like, do these $20,000, $15 jobs, they're not going to anybody that wants or needs them. So that can get automated out of existence. You know what I mean? And that's fine because that's, you know, turn and burn kind of stuff. That's That stuff's going to go by the wayside. And, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. If nothing else, it'll focus us as talent. We as talent? You're an English major. We are us as talent. <laughs> um... Eyes. Uh, eyes is talent. Eyes is talent. <laughs> that we can focus on the things that will actually make us money and not spend time on the stuff that doesn't. Right. And it's, you know, maybe it'll close the door on the uh, flood of talent coming in every year. Mm. You know what I mean? Which, you know, not to poo-poo newcomers and newbies and stuff, because obviously we were all there at one point. But, you know, if I stop being asked 100 times a day how to get into voiceover, that would be okay be nice and a lot It'd of people nice. just get into it for the wrong reasons or with the wrong mentality so. right yeah it's it's always just like yeah i got a can this week how fast could i get up and running it's like well mm -hmm. a week to 10 years i don't know <laughs> <laughs> how good are you at gambling <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know no one can answer that for you that's um, kind of why we started this podcast was to stop asking stop answering those questions on social media and direct emails i'll, st I'll yeah. still get emails to my website for people say. to say hey how do i start right and now i just say go listen to our podcast listen to the podcast yeah usually it's, people don't yeah i've got a blog for the same reason like generally i jump on reddit once in a while and just you know everyone's kind of asking the same you know first year kind of questions i'm just like yeah here's my blog about what books to read here's my blog about you know xyz doesn't help but I tried. <laughs> well, add us to the list if you don't mind. Shamel sure. Shamelessly ask for plugs. It will yeah, never be beyond me. Yeah, I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to start writing it again. But sure, there we go. yeah, yeah. Um, well, on that note, let's let's move on to our final question. Sure. You've done a lot in the business so far. You've been at it for several years. You're seems like you're you're hitting a, a crescendo in your career with the, with the Silvas Award or the Voice Arts Award. What's next for Rex in your career? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, just mostly uh, I'm doing the doing the thing every day, just getting up and trying to find the next opportunity. Um, I really don't know because I haven't. It's you only have so much control 
over, you know, the trajectory of your career, I feel like, uh, you really just gotta get up and, and just make new connections and kind of see what's possible. Um, I mean, I'd love to have a more specific answer for you. I certainly have goals of, you know, more national campaigns. I want to get a bigger footprint in the commercial world now that I have this award behind me and, um, you know, get that, uh, there's always like that, that feeling of the next level mm -hmm. that's coming. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I really think it's maybe just you take one step and then another step and then another step and then you look around and, hey, I'm doing okay. Um, Are you a business plan guy? Do you write out goals every year? I mean, it's January for another couple hours. Uh, kind of. I got a, like a thing on my phone that's just like I jotted something down at a restaurant real quick. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, the business side is by far my weakest aspect. I put a lot of time and effort into training and technique and auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and, you know, building out my space and doing the, the, the technique side of everything and sort of learning everything else as I go along. And, you know, I'm a little kid at heart. I like playing video games and watching cartoons. And I'm like, I don't want to sit here and email 20 strangers every day. <laughs> but that's how you got to do it. You know, that's how you get ahead. So... It's, um, you know, hopefully I, I reach a point where that doesn't feel like pulling teeth all the time and can, you know, um, grow organically as I uh, grow up, I guess. That would be nice. Let's say that's my goal for this year. Become an adult and suck it up and just <laughs> oh, do the damn marketing. that's a terrible goal. Don't do that. <laughs> I do have a child. I do need to set a good example eventually. Oh, true, true. There you go. Yeah. Well, Rex, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. We haven't known each other that long. We really just met for the first time for reals at that uh, that holiday party or pre-holiday yeah, yeah. party. I will say I've known about you for a while. Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've stalked you on social media. and Yeah, I've stalked you for a few years, too. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of your stuff and said, that guy's got to live right in my backyard. Why yeah. am I not talking to him? So right. as it always happens in this interview, you find out that the coolest people work in VO. And it's glad to finally, glad to finally yeah. have you in, in person on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It sounds like you're doing great just as you are, and just stay the course, and we oh. wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you very much, man. Likewise. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Thanks again to Rex. That was a really cool thing we did in person. I know the sound quality isn't what you're used to from some of the interviews, other than the ones we've done at certain events. But it was just, just made sense to have them come the three miles north on, uh, on Charles Street to do it locally and we were able to enjoy an adult beverage while it was going on, which I don't often to say, get to didn't do. Want to spill anything on the equipment? <laughs> no, obviously, yeah. But um, thanks to Rex, really enjoyed his conversation about how to navigate the voiceover world from a smaller market like Baltimore, 
And I know, mm-hmm. Sean, it's similar to what you go through in the, in C- the Seattle area. But it goes to show if you're talented and know what you're doing, you can still make a go of it. Yeah, this really is a global business, guys. And while there are certain areas like like uh, top-tier animation and video game projects that are restricted to larger markets, I mean, it is a global business. And I mean, you can still work with plenty of independent production or animation companies in Europe, Asia, wherever. So don't limit yourself by your location if this is a something that's important to you. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. Coming up, we have Jill Kershaw from Sound and Fury. Really great conversation with her about casting and some tidbits that that you really want to tune into. Lots of do's and don'ts, guys. Bring out the notes and paper. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. Have a wonderful day, guys, and stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 